Do 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 do. Shall we crack on? <laughs> sure, why not? Oh, look, a whip crack. I get it. Yeah. Excellent. That clonk you heard was Rob getting ready, not me slamming my head in the drawer. To stop yourself from laughing so much. Sure, let's go with that. Are you gonna bark all day? Is a tasty I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny! You are a sad, strange little man. These guys will have it. Don't fail me again. Rosebud. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Ben and Indiana Jones and the Robbers of the Lost Ark. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of so films, film franchises, and film nonsense. <laughs> Rubbish. It was. <laughs> Shall I start again? Sure. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a franchise fatigue episode in which we take a franchise and look at the high points, the low points, and everything in between to sort the perfect puffs of popcorn from the sad stuff bits at the bottom of the bucket. This week, the random popcorn maker of film topics has popped out Indiana Jones, which we will discuss with full spoilers from the outset. Yeah. So this time we will look at Indiana Jones 1, 2 and 3, and then another episode we will look at 4 and 5. Yeah, so this this episode we're looking at the good ones, <laughs> and then the next episode we're not looking at the good ones. I love Indiana Jones. Yes. I'm, I'm, like, that, I'm like that girl in the, in the class with the love you mm. on my eyelids. I this I think just this I mean obviously I I the ages we are we only had the 3 yeah. for the longest time. Well, I only um, had the 2 for the longest time. Were you not allowed to watch Temple of Doom? I was not allowed to watch Temple of Doom when they were telling. <laughs> I remember hearing about bit like snatches of bits in school from some people who'd seen it. But I didn't see it for years and years and years. Jesus. But the first and third one so Raiders of the Lost Ark and then Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, I saw a, a lot and really enjoyed. Um, once in year two, we were told to write about our imaginary friends. I didn't have an imaginary friend as a child because I'm, I'm a grown-up. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have an imaginary friend as a child because you're a grown-up. <laughs> well, I didn't have an imaginary friend as a child because it was just something I found incredibly silly. So I had to make up an imaginary friend. And that annoyed me, so I just went for Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see you being like short round, hmm. which you wouldn't know about because you hadn't seen it yet. No, that's true. See, it's weird because we'll get into it, but like Temple of Doom has some of the most horrific stuff, but also some of the most kid-friendly stuff. I'm very heartened actually that you called it Raiders of the Lost Ark and not Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was only for the DVDs. It was always called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, no, I know, but then now it's on like Disney Plus and in, on physical media if you can find it. Hashtag hooray physical media. It's always Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's just like no, Indy's one of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the that's the point. It's like it's uh, yes, the Nazis are the Raiders too, but it's like no, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a perfect title. You don't need it for for the, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The, we've got notoriety now. We 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 know the character. But Raiders of the Lost Ark. It should always remain Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
but you know, I get weird about titles anyway. Yeah, t- I mean, titles are interesting. Like title changes and like John Carter of Mars or not of Mars, and the first Jack Reacher yeah. being called Jack Reacher rather than one shot. It, it, title changes are live, die, repeat, day after tomorrow. Yes, yes. Edge of tomorrow, sorry. Edge of tomorrow, but that's kind of the point. Mm. Yeah, the the you know the these things do affect some of the products it, it i think it is it is important and and i think i think just because indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark it like fits in with the other two yeah. in terms of an alphabetical thing and that's the only reason i can think to keep it no i think it's just just it's just for the, the title style it's like the harry potter and the something it's yeah. just this is the character and this is his adventure yes but it's still it was always Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then so we're keeping it. Star Wars, A New Hope was always yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it, and that's the thing, and and because I've I've known it as A New Hope, I'm I'm a massive hypocrite because hmm. I actually like that one, but then I I don't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is just such a cool title though. You don't need the Indiana Jones and the, you know, I think it, it waters it down a little bit. Well, people are talking about Indiana Jones again, not because of Dial of Destiny. Oh, snap. There's a game coming out this year. I think it's scheduled for this year. Uh, Xbox and PC exclusive. Fuck you very much. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which sounds like a preschool adventure. Or Elton John will start singing Circle of Life. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they've licensed that beyond the Lion King. I mean, Disney are in it now, so maybe. Um, but yeah, it, I mean... It, Indiana Jones fucking rules as as a thing like Raiders of the Lost Ark I think it's certainly one of the earliest action movies I think I remember seeing which would explain a lot but you know it it's I mean let's just get into it just tell us all tell us the facts fact man okay so it was released in 1981 directed by Steven Spielberg from a story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan, starring Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, Ronald Lacey, John Rhys-Davis and Daniel Elliott, music by John Williams. In 1936, an archaeologist and adventurer, Indiana Jones, is hired by the US government to find the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. I actually did some research into into the Nazis and, and the occult. That's not separate things those aren't two spheres of interest <laughs> that i've been sort of like indulging in my free time together like because i really quite like the, the nazis the nazis yeah i fucking love them man but no the the whole occult mixed with nazism type thing like like you know indiana jones and hellboy and wolfenstein and it's, it's quite a trope think- it's cinematic trope isn't it that yeah, and it's it's such, but it's such a fun thing. Like I love the fact that you know you have the Nazis who will stop at nothing for power, and so they're even grabbing for you know legendary occult items and and things of myth. And I yeah, I love it. it it's it's a good fit for some of the most evil bastards who ever goose stepped across the earth. I think my like of that. I, you know, I hesitate to say love because we are talking about the Nazis here. It comes from Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones in general. There's just something very, very fitting about it. And yeah, so th- there was actually a, a a squadron that was dealing with occult stuff. Um, I'm not going to say the German because uh, 
my pronunciation will be terrible. Hitler actually had a, a squad, but it was it wasn't Hitler as much as Himmler. Would he have been the one in the thing? Shit, I had it all in my head, just and it's all gone. But yeah, apparently there was actually a proper search for mythical things, just partly be, for you know the fortune and glory, and and partly because just maybe case, yeah. it would give them an edge. Yeah, maybe it would give them an edge. But yes. So, Rob, Rage of the Lost Ark. Yes. What do you think? I like it. Brilliant. Cool. Temple of Doom, then. <laughs> so it's, it's, a proper, it's, a, it's a proper sort of adventure a, a action film. It was based on... Uh, George Lucas wanted to emulate the, mod, uh, the sort of the serial films of the early 20th century. Mm. So, it, and it's, so it's sort of like a, a throwback to th- those kind of B-movies, really. Um, but and no, an American answer to James Bond. Yes. Very specifically. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Tom Selleck was originally cast as Indy, even though Spielberg yeah. wanted Harrison Ford to play him. But George Lucas didn't because he was wary of him becoming uh, Robert De Niro to, to George Lucas's Scorsese because he'd already cast him in Star Wars and American Graffiti. So he wanted mm. to cast someone else, but... Yeah, no, I, I I really like it. The the music is great. The music is one of those things that as soon as you hear the John Williams indie theme, you can it, it sort of reminds you of how good the film is. But yeah. I, whether that's specifically about that film or that score, or is is that just something John Williams is able to do with all his scores? Well, it's just there are so I I really like the sort of like mysterious uh, theme he has for the arc or or any of the sort of like god power type stuff. But if I remember correctly, on the DVD slash Blu-ray, hashtag hurry physical media, Spielberg talks about John Williams coming to him with two potential themes. And one was the dun 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 and the other one was dun 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 and it, and Spielberg was like, I like both of them. Can yes. you like stitch them together? <laughs> you know, and that's that's the genius of John Williams. Like the dude is just oh favorite all time composer. It just you can't. And I know that's like a really kind of like shop bought opinion type thing. Like just some fucking pleb tier shit. But he's just he's just created some of the the best. He like I think when it comes to cinematic music, it's John Williams. John Williams just has that sound. He just has that kind of thing, and it, and it elevates things. And as you said, with the Indiana Jones thing, it's got that adventure. It's got that daring do. It's like you've whipped across a cavern or something. Like, it's fucking great and energising. I'm excited just talking about it. It's also incre- always incredibly hammerable, which, as much as I adore Hans Zimmer's work, it's not really the most... You, you can't whistle a Hans Zimmer's song, June. No, not really. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly, and it's it's just, you know, his his kind of outside of the themes, it's still you know fantastic, fantastic work, and and I think his work on the first three films is exemplary. I do think it's some of his best stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Just, just incredible, and it, again, it just elevates it, so it takes it from what is actually like, you know, as you said, it's it's just a, an homage to serial films and things like that you know the the fedora the 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 punching nazis and all that stuff 
and it just makes it that much better, that much grander. It, it becomes special. And yeah, John Williams is a big part of that for sure. I mean, the film as, as a whole, I, I like because it appeals to you know history and archaeology, punching Nazis, all things you do, all things. Yeah, the look of of, of Indiana. I know it's obviously since the film's released, but the the, the opening bit where you just see he's one of the, a, a few characters you can recognise by silhouette. Yeah. Oh, the the opening. I think we even studied it in media studies. Mm. The opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark because it is one of the best openings ever it's an all-timer going from from the the paramount logo fading onto the mountaintop yep. and then and then the kind of like slow build you don't actually see uh indy for the longest time you see his silhouette and you see the the whip everything's introduced in in that whole thing it's fucking fantastic and then leading to the to the getting the idol and the Boulder well, like with the, the idol, is, the, is it is Alfred Molina's the the guide, isn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah, a typo. The, I like the him sort of like um, mimicking that. I think we did media studies mimicking Indy's movements with his own hands. Yeah, yeah, just just almost just in touching to kind of distance, and he's doing that sort of. Yeah, it's great. It, it's and and I think that's one of the things I love about heroes as well, like like Indiana Jones, is they use book smarts mm. they've they use their intelligence and they've read and the, you know so so they know the kind of thing so obviously uh forestall i think is the other treasure hunter he bet this this is where he cashed in and he says before he goes into the uh into the temple bit and obviously then sees him uh impaled on some of the spikes and um you know and it's because He's well read because he sh- has shown respect for the culture and everything. Yeah, he's still grave robbing. He's still he's still raiding tombs, but he's like he's at least got that sort of knowledge, and that's great. That's I I love that. I wish more heroes used their brains first rather than their fists. The thing is, Indy can throw down with the best of them, but it's not his forte. He's he's also uh, like cool. I like um like. I like the way he nonchalantly brushes the tarantulas off, um, off, off his guy yeah. and off himself. But then when he sees a snake lady, he goes to pieces. Well, that is that is one of my favourite details is the fact that Indiana Jones is a fallible hero. He is he's got flaws. He's got hmm. fears. I think we've kind of lost sight of that in this sort of superhero yes, type yeah. thing where you know yes you know they have they have character flaws etc. But I think that whole invincible kind of hero thing that has come with the superhero genre, I think we need do need to get away from that a little bit. I mean, apparently Harrison Ford was, one of the reasons he was chosen is because he looks good when taking a punch. Hmm. And that's kind of, that's kind of it. Like, Indy gets his fucking ass kicked a lot. Like, he he's often, it's just he doesn't give up. He's not the best fighter ever. It's just, he, he can take a punch and keep going. And I think that's that's one of the best things about Indiana Jones. That's the thing that makes you root for him is the fact that he's not an all-conquering badass. He's just he's he's a guy who can can do extraordinary things. But it's not as if it he flicks a switch and suddenly he's he's Iron Man or something. You know, it's that's that's the thing I love about it. And it's just like you look at the the scene against the against Pat Roach the the. German mechanic mm. guy yeah. and you know Indy throws some punches at him nothing 
he punches him once and he humbles Indy and Indy sits down on the floor just because his fucking world has been rocked. The plane ran over his knee at that point. Yes, apparently so. Nasty. But, you know, it, it's like... That's one of the things I really, really like. It was one of the things I... Did you ever see Nobody? No, not yet, no. Okay, well, one of the things... I don't know if this is spoiling anything, but one of the things about Bob Odenkirk's character and that is the fact that... Again, he's not the best fighter. He just can take an absolute beating and doesn't give up. And I do want to see more of that. And it, it's it's weird how it's be, it was exemplified in 81. And we still haven't quite got there yet I think, with, a, with a lot of these things. I think Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, you're thinking of the fight yes. in the hotel. Yes, he does get fucked up. Yeah, I think more so in that than, than his subsequent ones. But I guess that's meant because he's quite... A relatively new James Bond at that point, but he takes a beating. But yeah, as yeah. much as I like um, Chris Pratt, most of the things he plays, he's not. He, you know, he. It's. I mean, I think Starlord probably is an element of making up as he goes along, but like him in um, Jurassic World, he's not really fallible. He just kind of is a, a, an action hero all the time. Oh yeah, he's he's badass from from the word go, and and the whole the whole arc of the first Jurassic World movie is is for Claire Deering to accept the fact that he's a badass. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's I do think we have got away from that. I I do like the sort of the heroes that sort of get hurt but persevere. I think that is actually more heroic, and you know when you have people well allegedly in contracts and things when you have the rock and vin diesel you know kind of having in their contract that they they can only be shown taking a certain number of punches yeah, was, or they yeah, need to they, win they, all their they, fights they, yeah. that's bollocks hmm. that is absolute bollocks and that's pure ego even statham has that and i was really disappointed because i'm not not you as well but it's just like harrison ford looks every bench bit binge every bit <laughs> the action hero like he's every bit the action hero and doesn't it make you root for him more, the fact that he isn't just a complete badass all the time? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just more human. Uh, Ethan Hunt and, takes a beating and keeps going. Yes, there is that. He's still, he's still hyper-competent. He is, I know he is, that's but he the, does. I know that's the, the, the kind of character, but like... But he's just, yeah. he, he's relentless, even though he's sort of taking a, bit, a, a beating. Like, he does take the punches and, and roll with them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Fast and Furious. When you've got yeah. the Rock and Vin Diesel taking people down, and and yeah, they can only have so many yeah punches taken and just whatever. At least just like no, you need you need to be something like he's got to give at least one more. I think he mm. it, it, it's like if he takes ten, he's got to give eleven. I think yeah, exactly. And I think one one of the things in Serenity, where you have uh, Nathan Fillion. Uh, again, he's obviously quite sort of like Han Solo, Harrison Ford mm. inspired. He takes an absolute beating in that. But one of the things which is interesting is they have one shot in that where he is meant to hit the floor after being completely beaten and like he just, just face plants on the floor. And they were doing take after take after take of it. And he was starting to get like starting to forget what he was meant to say or what to do. It's because he was hitting the floor that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, he actually kind of knocked himself a little bit, Duke Lally. And 
that's commitment you know i think i think more actors i'm not saying brain yourself on the floor for your art but i'm just saying that selling it that hard that's one of the things that makes wrestling so great is when they sell injuries where they don't just shrug it off and suddenly oh it's my time to do my moves you've you've got to have a back and forth and yeah we've we've kind of lost that in in sort of mainstream cinema i mean obviously you've got things like the raid and, and things like that where they do get injured yeah that's true. a lot but but yeah but again it's like it's still it's still not our heroes don't feel out of their depth i think uncharted he, he he does but that's the you know the video game but then that is heavily based on if not directly yeah, on the yeah exactly guys. yeah nathan drake is is absolutely you know kind of yes inspired by Indiana Jones and, and that's the whole thing he gets the shit kicked out of him in those games and and you know and yet he they kills tried it many the, many people yeah and he tried it but they tried it with the Tomb Raider reboot and it sort of felt a little bit fetishized when Lara Croft was getting completely beat. It, it, it's 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 a fine line to tread I think but I do I do think that that more more heroes more action heroes should have that sort of like Oh, it could go either way, but I've just managed to get in that extra punch or fight dirty. That's the thing. It, Jones fights dirty. He throws dirt in Pat Roach's face. He bites him at one point, kicks him in the groin. I think that's his opening salvo. Actually, is to kick him in the groin. He, you know, he was a wrestler, wasn't he, Pat Roach? Yes, he was. Bomber Pat Roach or Big Pat Roach was his. Cinnamon suplex, baby. Yep. That's 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 Cinnamon suplex. Nice, nice research. He also Rob. he also had a scrapyard at one point. I love that. I would have loved to have visited Pat Roach's scrapyard. That that came out wrong. But <laughs> that, you know what I mean. Uh, well, and and that's the thing. The dude was like six five. Yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. built like a brick shit house, and he he is in all three films. Yes. Sometimes multiple times. But uh, but yeah, as the as the German mechanic who just likes fighting, I think that he he couldn't top that. Well, he's the one that we mentioned a, uh, a couple of episodes ago about being decapitated. Yes. By the propeller yes. blade. Yes, he French kisses a propeller. The but just quickly back to the opening bit. I, I watched uh, Raiders with with my kids, and my youngest one said, "When the boulders started to roll down the hill, they said, why can't you just lie down?'" Well, actually, think about it. Yeah, he could have just waited for the boulder to roll over him, like roll in the path. Well, the, the, yes, yeah, yeah, there is that. But then, I don't know, if you're chased by that sort of thing, are you really going to have the presence of mind to lie down on the floor? And I think I think it's it's like the whole thing when, uh, you know, uh, pseudo-film intellectuals have watched Prometheus, and it's like, I'm no Prometheus defender, but they talk about sort of running away from the ship, you know, even though it's clearly going in line, that's for the audience's benefit to see. We can see its trajectory. I don't think Indiana Jones can see that there's a gap on the no, floor fair. where he could, you know. It, yes, but it, the, that is a, a lot. Are you trying to start an argument with, with a child now? Yeah, okay. and I'm saying that, she, that, that she's lost. <laughs> <sighs> Rob, have you seen The Big Bang Theory? No, but um, reading about it, because I've heard it a lot about the idea that this whole film, and I think arguably all of them, that if if Indiana Jones is taken out of the films, it still happens in exactly the same way. 
Maybe not temporary. Yeah, let me tell. Let let me tell you why that's bullshit, and the Big Bang Theory can go fuck itself. So, I think the episode, if I remember correctly, is called the Raiders Minimalization, or something like that. It's alright. I'm, whole... I'm not going to go watch it. No, no, <laughs> no. But I just off the top of my head, I think that's what the episode is called. But the idea is that that um, Amy, who's Sheldon's love interest uh, says about that whole thing that that Indiana Jones has no impact on the actual plot itself, and things would have worked out exactly the same. And it's an interesting thing, but then I also hate that. I hate it. It, it, it kind of shows up the Big Bang Theory. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm shouting at a show that was incredibly fucking popular and has been off the air and has got a successful spinoff and will probably have a successful spinoff to the spinoff. I'm, you know, like, that shit's one. But I do think that sort of shows the sort of pseudo-nerd kind of cred that the that the thing had. Because Sheldon, who's meant to be super smart to the point of ignoring social norms, Raiders is ruined for him because of that. And that's the whole thing. It's just like, oh, this one thing will just ruin Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's like, no, firstly, a film isn't a fucking riddle for you to just work out, and then, therefore, it's done. Like, there's a whole fucking character arc and shit. Secondly, I think that if it wasn't for Indiana Jones, Marion would almost certainly be dead, because the Nazis, I, you know, they go in pretending to be all nice and saying they want to buy the thing, but they would have fucking killed her, surely. Well, those guys not stick to their words? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that... The reason the Ark is opened in the desert is because Jones has, has fucked with their plans so much, and they just they just want to get it like sorted because he's he blew up the plane that was going to take it to Berlin. No, now, no, I think the reason it was open in the desert is because that's what they'd read in the Bible as to where it was. I think it was always going to be open there. No, I believe I no. They were always, I think they were always taking it. They were always taking it to uh, back to your man Hitler. <laughs> but they were always going to open it there first because uh, Belloc said that was the case that the Nazis wanted it for. Yeah, yeah. You know, once he's done with it, yeah. Once, once he's done, once with, he's it. done but with he it. always wanted to open but, it there. See, I'm not sure. Maybe I mean they certainly had cameras and everything, so maybe it was pre-planned. But like, point being is that 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 it would have got back to Berlin. Yeah, yeah. And both Steven Spielberg and George Lucas have said that Hitler probably would have been smart enough not to open it. So he could have used that as a weapon. Now, the question is, if Hitler did open it and killed all the all the kind of, like, present Nazis, I mean, that would be pretty fucking cool, wouldn't it? So what we're saying is maybe he should have just let him, get, let him carry on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but... Yeah. What if he had a time machine to go back in time and let baby Hitler open the Ark of the Covenant? Time travel has no place in Indiana Jones, Rob. Yeah, I think this is the perfect action movie. It's one of my absolute favourites. You know, in, in you know how everyone talks about the Ben 100? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to see the Ben 100 and then see if we can come up with the Popcorn Bucket 100. We should do. Have you been working on the Rob One Hundred? No. Okay. Well, I should. I should probably. 
I, I probably will. I think, I think I'm always going to be adding shit. Oh and, yeah. And kind of, well, it's going to end up being the Ben 250. Um, so yeah, it, I, it's, it's there. It's, it's one of the sort of like, it's a perfect movie to me. It is five stars every day of the week. Now I noticed on Letterboxd, you gave it four. Huh? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I need to stop putting my views down before, um, uh, <laughs> no, what? Yeah, but but the thing is, that's given me ammo now because now I can shout at you. Okay. So, no. <laughs> so you gave it for what? I might revisit. It, I might. Back... I might revisit and give it five. <laughs> what holds it back from an all-time classic for you? I don't know. I think. I, I think. Um, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but for me, Last Crusade edges it. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, there were so many sequences in this that I love, and, and the side characters as well. I mean, Salah, John Reese Davis. Yes. Yeah. You gotta love him. Uh, Marion Ravenwood. Marion is a fantastic heroine. She is definitely the best female character in the trilogy. For sure. Although the backstory kind of creepy. Yes. So in the original script, it was hinted that she was 25 at the time. So when they had a relationship, he was 25 and she was 15. And Spielberg said, can't we make her older? And George Lucas said, no, then it's not interesting. (laughs) So Lawrence Kasdan just left out any reference to her age. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. She she says I was a child. Yeah, I mean you could but, say you know, that she was emotionally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But still, she, she yeah, Indy was old enough to know better. Yeah, and obviously that caused some friction between him and Abner Ravenwood. The bit the bit where Marcus goes to visit him and he's wearing a dressing gown is because those were, uh, the next scene was going to be the reason he was wearing a dressing gown. Indy is because he was in bed with someone. Was it Abner Ravenwood? No. Oh. Yeah, but I think they wanted to make him more of a playboy because you have George Lucas did. Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg yeah, did. Yeah, well, he that, wanted him to be that a... does not surprise the, me. The stuff I've read into this really thinks um, George Lucas had a good initial idea and then he should have just given to other people. Yeah. Well, I mean that's George Lucas yes. all over yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. But like, yeah, cuz like his, you know, when when he's teaching and it's not it's not just the girl with love you on her eyelids, mm. all, the, all girls, the girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the girls that, admire it. That's something that... And to be honest, I do too. He, look, he looks a bit like Aaron Sorkin yeah. as a professor. <laughs> you know, I'm straight, but no one's that straight. The dude <laughs> is fucking handsome. And he knows his history. And he knows his history, exactly. So, you know, Spielberg definitely balances out the George Lucas yeah. kind of yeah. thing, doesn't it? Like, you do need both of them. Because, yeah. It, because they... they they can make magic, but it, it's just some of them have really, really mental ideas. Did you see the the, the sort of initial draft for uh, Tolt, Ronald Lacey's character, the, the Nazi guy? Yeah, that he was going to have a, a machine gun arm. Yeah, yeah, and and you see, even though it is about the the whole film is about the sort of infinite power of God yeah. and things being real, somehow a a, a machine gun arm wielding Nazi does take it over the line, doesn't it? Yes, I think so. It's weird with things like that. Like, I don't know if you ever saw Battlestar Galactica, but that's a sci-fi program, the, the, the remake. But in, yeah. it, in the end, it, it's sort of quite, like, there's, there's quite a lot of, like, religious aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And it does feel a bit, it doesn't, it, it almost feels like a place in that show, which is already about far-fetched, far-fetched science fiction anyway. But it's like, oh yeah. no, you now you bring religion into it. It's just, yeah, but this is, is then the opposite, I guess. Mm. Whereas, whereas, an, uh, whereas a, a sort of a henchman with a machine gun arm wouldn't see out be out of place on James Bond film. 
No. No. Don't they have that in Kingsman? Uh, Don't they yes, have some? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. It's, one it's of them, in the Golden one, Circle. Golden Circle. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of the ones in the first one that comes back, yeah. And and mm. uh, and uh, Ulysses Claw from Black Panther. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's 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 tightrope because you you do have I I like I like the diving into the myth part. I like again the them sort of being well read. I like the, I like the there history are a bunch of things. Where yeah, of and, talking through it, and... but I like that it's their it's their sort of respect for the whole thing. I mean, mind you, they just go to a guy who can read Sanskrit or whatever. But to kind of like, because they have the 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 headpiece and both sides of it, so the Nazis are digging in the wrong place because they only have the one thing because Tote got his hand grilled by it, so they only have the one side, and you know, and I I quite like the fact again this that sort of reading on that sort of respect for the whole thing, it's cool, it's fucking cool. I really really like it. I like the fact that the Nazis are just kind of like brutes uh but you do have interesting things that uh, tote is very very i i love him as a he, he's slimy hmm. he looks slimy <laughs> and i think he's he's fucking fantastic i think uh, ronald lacy does such a good job and the whole the whole fake out with the coat hanger that's so good yes where he's got marion captured and, and and you think it's gonna and you think it's gonna be some horrific Nazi torture yeah, device? Think yeah, the way he pulls it out, <laughs> expand, it extends it, and then it's just a coat hanger. Yeah, fucking fantastic. And and the line about Americans always overdressing for the wrong occasions, hmm. like that's fucking awesome. And Belloc as well. I think Belloc is, I like is Belloc. an interesting villain. He eats a fly at one point, what? doesn't he? He does. He does. He does. I yeah. It took me quite a few watches to to realize that he's meant to be french and it only it only comes through in certain things it's a transmitter <laughs> for talking to god is he Arnold schwarzenegger yeah it's a transmitter yeah and i love the scene i mean even though it makes the sort of implicit implicit i i like the scene where indy thinks he's lost marion and then he's kind of like just frog marched in to talk to Belloc, and Belloc says that he's like a shadowy reflection of Indy, and they are. That's the thing. It's 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 the whole Batman and his villains thing. Yes, Batman is yeah, just yeah. one step away from his villains, and Indy is one step away from Belloc. And I love the oh, you know it's how nice. <laughs> like he knows it. He he can see that Indy actually knows it, and it's a truth that actually gets under his skin a bit. Fucking brilliant. The, there are so many great lines in this. The backstory is meant and, to be that that they'd fallen out at sort of archaeologist school. And oh, really? They've been enemies ever since. Yeah, they call him Bolosh. The the, uh, the Draco Malfoy of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I like when uh, Marcus mentions the International Treaty for Protection of Antiquities because that's always been the criticism of Indiana Jones that he basically <laughs> bunders about destroying historical landmarks and sort of stealing things without without warrant. I the whole Well of Souls thing is very interesting because obviously that's Indy facing his fears. The fact that, you know, asps, very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> um, but like that, that whole thing is brilliant. Like seeing like, that's one of the iconic shots from Raiders is Indiana Jones face to face with the Cobra. And the Cobra face to face with a reflection in the glass. 
But I think if yes. now it's out of the Disney Plus version, they've they, they've 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 kind of used computer technicals. Which is a bit of a shame, really. Sure they shadow, what they haven't removed is when they escape from that bit and he pushes a boulder out. You see the shadow it bounce back up because it's only made of rubber. That I've never noticed that. However, what I do notice in that little bit is there is an unconscious guy slumped yeah, that against was the a... thing, and that was a deleted yes, scene. Yeah. Yeah. But I so and I notice that every single time. I know I don't notice the rubber boulder. But again, like there are so many like brilliant sequences. I love the fact that that you know I mean yeah you know it's movie magic and whatever. But when when they were putting the flaming torches down and the snakes, the real snakes on set were going towards the fire because they're cold blooded. They like the warmth. Oh, right. And so and Spielberg apparently grabbed one of them, one of the snakes, and said, you're ruining my movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? You yeah. put the fire down and, of course, snakes are going to congregate around it. They just want to get warm. Some of them weren't snakes. They were limbless lizards because they've got ears. Mm. Ear holes. Snakes don't have ear holes. Um, yes, I do I do feel the, the sort of the, the, the sound effects with the slime the slimy type mm. things for the snakes is a little much. They don't sound like that. Do you know how they made that sound? I don't know. Fisting some jelly? Close. Sticking the hand into a sort of cheese fondue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So Makes sense. One thing that always sat on me as a kid was the monkey dying when it ate the poison date. Yeah, but it was a Nazi But now watching it as a Nazi monkey, so yeah. Yeah. Bad dates. Yes, well, the, the 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 saluting monkey is is definitely is definitely a cool thing. But I I like the fact that again, Indy never seems like super on board with everything. Like he's always a kind of step behind the bad guys. There's always mm. spies. There's always there's always henchmen around the corner. There's always you know that sort of thing. It's so great. It's so so great. I I love it. And yeah, yes, the the, the Nazi monkey. Uh, if it hadn't, it, it's probably a good thing that it died. In that film, because it would be cancelled by now. Yes, they'd bring up its tweets yes. from the time. You know, I know. Obviously, the very, very famous story about improvisation oh, yes. and everything is the whole yeah. swordsman, thing. swordsman thing. But, but, in case you don't know, very, very quickly, everyone was ill because it was a, it was Tunisia, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone except Steven Spielberg because he only ate spaghetti hoops that he brought in, uh, brought over from America. <laughs> there you go. He's he's the smart one. Everyone's had like cholera and really bad dysentery in it. Yeah, yeah. And so they had a, 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 you know, the famous thing where the swordsman appears, the crowd parts, and there's a swordsman there, and he twirls the sword around, and you think, oh shit, it's about to go down. And then Indy just picks out his revolver from his hip and shoots him. And apparently that was like a, an improv thing, just like kind of just shoot the guy. Yeah, because they they had practiced. But Harrison Ford was pretty ill by that point. I know, and it's great. And again, it's Indy fighting dirty. Yeah, there's, yeah. If there's no honour in, in him fighting. Gotta feel sorry for the actor who trained for it, and you know the big sword fight, and he's just wiped out. But to be honest, though, I think it it is more iconic the fact he has that little bit and gets shot. I, yeah, that's I, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I think I think that's probably more memorable than a, an elaborate sequence. Because even like the fighting that they do in the marketplace isn't the best. Mm. I th- there's one bit where my, I was drawn to Karen Allen hitting one of them on the back of the head with like some metal thing, but you know clearly it's like stunt work and whatever. So she's just like placing it on on the back of his neck, 
a couple of times and obviously a lot of things are forgiven because you have that proper old school punch sound effect yes which are made by hitting leather jackets i think yeah i mean and it sounds i'm gonna put one in here and another one just because i can can you put the the villain screaming because that happens when somebody falls off the truck Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, well, the Wilhelm scream is in all three. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to point it out. And if you could do the. Okay, uh, cool. The well, scream whenever. I'll, I'll, I'll. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wilhelm scream. Ah. Sounded like a raptor being born. <laughs> <laughs> but um, are they born or are they hatched? Well, it's born from the egg, isn't it? So it does. It does actually that. Do you know what I'm going to put the raptor sound when it emerges from the egg? I'm going to put that in and compare it to your noise that you did then, and then you'll see that I'm not a silly Billy. They imprint on the first creature they come in contact with. That's it. Helps them to trust me. You're listening to an Indiana Jones podcast. I know, right? I think my favourite sequence in this film is the trying to stop the big truck. I've always yeah, liked that. Fucking fantastic. That was, yeah, the one thing I really enjoyed as a kid. Because him sort of like break, trying to break the radiator grill off and then being dragged along. Uh, well, just again, he's constantly on the back foot. He's He gets hurt. He gets hurled out. Yeah, the, and, and you know, the, the, the radiator grill bending <laughs> and him having to grab another one before he goes under the truck's wheels. The fact he gets shot in the arm and then punched in that gunshot wound a bunch. Like, it's it's great. It's so, so good. It is fucking fantastic. It is such a good action sequence. And yeah, it, it's... Because it feels... It still feels dangerous, doesn't it? It's it's grotty. Yeah. It's down. It's dirty. And, and yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, that I think that that is my favourite too. And then the, the, the... So the last shot of the film is when they've rescued the... The Ark of the Covenant, well, the, well, I guess the Ark of the Covenant has been opened and killed all the Nazis through lens flare. And then it just gets put in, in with all the other crates that the Americans have in secret I love storage. It. I, that blew my mind as a kid. Well, yeah, it's like the Men in Black. Yes, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Top I wondered if that meant. Men. I, I assumed that that meant that there would have been that many other arcs. But it's just secret, no, just, secret stuff just, that they don't want you to know about. Secrets. Secrets, but yeah, no, fucking fantastic! What a, what a great mm. ending as well, and again that sort of mysterious arc theme that John Williams has. I I have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark a whole lot. I love it. It is it it's never fails to deliver. There's always something that I'm looking forward to. There's always another iconic scene. There's always a bit that I I truly look forward to. There's always you know like. Not that it lags at any point, but, you know, you just kind of like, oh, and this bit's coming up. I mean, you know, I love the fact that it, it, it it's straight up horrific at times as well. I mean, obviously you've got the melting faces, mm. which is instantly iconic and horrifying. And exploding heads. They had to put fire over the, they had to put uh, flames over the exploding head to make it less horrific. Which is good, because from what I can see, it's not the most convincing mm. head. Yeah, well, you can imagine it would be like scanners. Yeah, it would, yeah, yeah. It would uh, you know, be deeply unpleasant. And I tell you what, is it Dietrich is the is the other one who gets sort of melted by the whole thing? He does a really, really good horrified face. Tote is just screaming, mm. which is you know great. And obviously he he has the most iconic one. Well, they, the they made a candle of that, didn't they, of, of his head? <laughs> yeah, somewhere on the internet. 
<laughs> yeah, but then I I really wouldn't want to uh, to melt it hmm. because I love the Nazis. One day I'll cut out all your references when you say things like that and just have a long stream <laughs> of you saying the, yeah, well, the Nazi supercut. Yeah. yeah, but Diedrich has a, a fantastic. Uh, downturned mouth, horrified face type thing. But I think his melty thing, it just kind of collapses in on itself too quickly, whereas Tote has layers mm. that come down and the hat and the glasses, obviously. And I love the fact that Indy starts with the whole not believing in fairy tales and mythical things, bedtime stories. And by the end, it is just it is just faith that he's like, close your eyes, yes. just don't look. Yeah, yeah. And how like horrifying the sort of the weird spectres, the weird things are like that sort of almost doll-like face that then turns into the skull thing. That's still horrifying. And there are so many things where it's just, it's going out of its way to be disgusting and, and horrific, you know, like even at the start when you've got, you know, uh, Alfred Molina, when he gets fucking impaled on that shit, like Marion, there's that whole bit. It serves no real, benefit to the plot at all but marion just stumbles into that room full of fucking corpses in the well of souls you know and then just gets mobbed by these skeletons before indy pulls her out and then obviously then you get the, the the one with the snake going through the skeleton's mouth so yeah it's got some it's got some great horror elements in it too again it just it there's nothing quite like it i mean there are sequels but you know like in terms of in terms of the feeling of it and and it just it just feels special. It's so, so good. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is brilliant. Yeah, no, I like it as well. Brilliant. Shall we move on to the Temple of Doom? Let's do it. Fucking hell, have we talked, we've talked, what, 40 minutes yeah, or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 50 minutes on just Raiders. Yeah. Uh, okay, so wow. Indiana, now Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, released in 1984, directed by Steven Spielberg, Story by George Lucas, starring Harrison Ford, Kate Capshaw, Amrish Puri, Roshan Seth, Philip Stern and Kihei Huan. In 1935, Indiana Jones is tasked by Indian villagers with reclaiming a rock stolen from them by a secret cult beneath the catacombs of an ancient palace. So I do not have the nostalgia around this and the third film. <laughs> yes, well, you you being you being like a, a latecomer to this, what do you think of Temple of Doom? Because it is a divisive I one. I do not like it at all. Not, Not at all. all. I, I don't see anything redeeming about it. It's a horrible, nasty film, which actually is what Lawrence Kasdan said, the, the writer of the first film. He said he had nothing to do with this, and he said it's just a, that because George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were both in really bad places, they'd both gone through like, difficult divorces or separations or whatever, and he said it's, mm. it's just nothing, there's nothing nice about it. It's a, it's a, it's a mean film. And Sp- yeah, Spiel- Spielberg I mean- himself has said the only thing that came out of it that was good was that he married Kate Capshaw. Mm. And... Tarantino says it's his favourite indie film. For me, it's the sort of opinion where, like, it's, it's basically the same sort of people who say that the first Mission Impossible is the best one. And there's another sort of common, yeah. It's, the hipster it's contrarian, contrarian opinion. opinion yeah. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah. It, it feels incredibly racist as well throughout. It's like very... Now, that is interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is interesting because that that is one of the things that I've written down. I love the racism in this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I've written down is racist? Question mark. It's, it, it's so jingoistic okay. and uh, othering and to, to every to, to everybody. 
Like in, well, put it, put it, put it this way: India won't allow it to be shown in India. Yes, well, and originally it was going to be filmed in India, and then they read the script and they said you can't say some of that, so that's why it's filmed in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I think the whole thing because the idea. I mean, a lot of people, when it comes to just racist stuff in general, they point to uh, the the feast. Yes, yes, yes. You know, which is obviously horrifying. Yeah. With snake surprise. See, those are the only things I uh, I sort of heard because it is one that oh, in this film, like they cut up in a snake and there's lots of little wiggling snakes inside and like the monkey brains thing. So I'd heard of all these things. And I was really excited to watch it. Yeah. When I, I, I saw it a couple of years ago and didn't enjoy it. In fact, I actually remember texting you years ago on this where because it it it's the sort of thing shown every so often on the BBC. And the announcer, mm. I wasn't, I think I'd finished watching it was on before. The announcer said something like, if. You know, if you're young and you've never seen this film before, you're in for a real treat because up next is Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And I remember texting you saying that, but it's the worst one. And then, because I'd forgotten that Indiana Jones 4 existed. And so I said, oh, for a, you know, for a brief moment, I lived in a world where there was no kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That is true. I remember that now, yeah. I mean, you can get the uh, chilled monkey brains kind of bowls now. Mm. You can get a bowl with a, the, the, which I, I want one of those. I think it was custard and raspberry, which actually sounds quite nice. It does. Well, it looks like a sorbet type yeah. thing. But the, 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 yeah, the feast. So that's where uh, Indian short run to uh, one and Kate Capshaw, who's, was named Willie, I think. Willie Scott, yeah. Are invited to the bad guy's feast and it's all sort of, yeah, yeah, monkey brains and eyeball soup and live snakes and uh, was it beetles? They're, and... they're, they're baby eels in inside the snake. Are they? Okay. Yeah, and and yeah, and then sort of like rhinoceros beetles or stag beetles yeah. or something. Like... But it's all like, ah, look at the natives eating their weird food. And it... see, funny thing is, I I don't think so. I was I was looking I was looking around this, okay. and the idea was. That is meant to be the first hint that something is amiss at Pankot Palace, mm. because they're not eating traditional Indian Hindi food. Oh, they don't want to eat Indi food because you know he was his Hindi. Hero. Oh, sorry, Hindi. So, I'm sorry, I re- genuinely, genuinely misheard you. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe we, anyway, maybe we should so, miss that bit. <laughs> so that yes, yeah, so that does make more sense. His yes, so that that's. Indiana Jones's first sort of like clue that that actually there may be this may be a huge pervasive kind of problem that there's a secret cult under the whole thing. But he doesn't seem to be noticing what's going on with the audience. See, when he's no, he's he's just talking. It's just you've got Willie Scott, and the thing is, the thing is about Willie Scott as well is that she is irritating by design. It's amazing, and my wife didn't stick with all this. I didn't show this to my kids. Um, Yeah, this one. We were saying that Marion in the first film is incredibly capable. You know, has her own business and you know holds her own. She can throw a punch. Yeah, yeah, and take a drink. And in this, mm. Willie Scott screams, and that's her character. Yeah, she gets one one hero moment, reaching through all the bugs to pull the lever that the, releases. Uh, the eggs had to be sedated for that because they they generally covered her in thousands of live bugs. Yeah, I, it does look unpleasant. I'm, mm. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm no bug phobic, insectophobe, mm. whatever the fuck that is. But all of them there. I mean, I don't think we needed the short round line of it. It felt like he stood on a fortune cookie. But that does look seriously unpleasant. 
yeah yeah willie scott is you know that that's the whole but the whole i broke a nail mm. and all that she is so fucking useless um and it it's yeah it's hard to it's hard to actually like get on board with her i do quite like the the bit where they they do stop in the jungle though and she's just going around just screaming at everything i don't with the bat yeah. and everything but then but then the snake i like indy being scared of the snake and her thinking it was the elephant and so just chucking it. There was supposed to be another thing with the snake, but she got so scared that they cut it. Spielberg said that's why she ended up marrying him, because he cut the scene for her. What was, what was the thing? It, 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 the it, thing it, I, I'm not sure, but it was another thing where there was going to be a snake going on or something. But I think by that point, she'd had enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine so. Um, but, yeah, I, I get that they wanted something like a, a different energy to Marion Ravenwood. I get that, but I don't quite know why they had to go for Willie Scott. I'm not sure that it's that. I just, I, I, I don't know. It's almost like Ravenwood was a fluke. I don't, I, I don't know. But then <sighs> maybe. actually, maybe because the reason that they, the reason it was, because this is a prequel. Yes, it is a prequel. And that annoys me. But so, yeah, sorry. So, so this, is, this is a prequel to Raiders. So you, so because they didn't want to use the Nazis again. But it's set in 1935 mm. anyway, so you could have had Nazis. But so it could have just been set after Razor's Lost Ark, just in a different place. Well, there, funnily enough, actually, there's a callback gag for our benefit, but no one else's, which is the gun. when he faces off against that two really, swords. And that really, yeah, that, and it's a callback to something gun. that hasn't happened yet. Also, as you said in the first film, he goes from not believing, being cynical, and, and, and not believing in. Yeah, well, that I think that is the one thing I can with the with the swordsman no gun gag. I can get the fact that in Raiders he's just learned to keep his gun on no. at all times. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, that no. was a bit, wasn't it? <laughs> Ultimate power. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole he hasn't like, you know, he he's dealt with magic before, so you know. But then again, you know, that's just the whole thing about sequels and shit like that. People back in the day didn't care about that stuff you didn't have armies of internet nerds pointing out every inconsistency and whatever you know it would have been a fun callback if it wasn't a prequel though well it's a it's called forward mm. which is yeah. kind of smart siskel uh, and ebert were quite mean about kate capshaw on this they called her wimpy and whiny and she said i'm because she was on the same program with them wow well yeah i think she plays it admirably it's just it's just the character yes. doesn't yeah she, she herself much. has said that you know, and 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 I yeah, I think it's unfair to be to be kind of mean about Kate Capshaw because she's clearly doing what. Yeah, she's no, the character to do. is awful. Uh, um, can we also talk about the intro to this movie because I fucking love the oh, intro I, I, for this. I, Anything I, goes. I but it's like classic bullshit. Like he turns which, which up in is fine. Yeah, the it, it, it's, it's, and the it, it's fine. But this isn't a Bond film, as we established in the last one. It's a different well, it, thing. If you want a yes, Bond film, make a Bond film. but it's in the DNA. But they, that's, that was the whole point of Indiana Jones. That was one of the things that Steven Spielberg... like. That's why they did the whole Indiana Jones thing, because they wanted to make an American Bond. It's seriously in the character's yeah. DNA. And obviously, when we get to Last Crusade, fucking casting the OG Bond makes all the sense in the world. He was meant to be this American answer to that. You know, and but they didn't feel comfortable like doing a Bond film for like the Broccoli Company and all that. So, so him turning up in a tuxedo and everything is great. And I like the sort of 
losing the diamond and the antidote and then the balloons come down and then the guy coming in with the machine gun and using the gong to sort of like you know protect him from the gunfire and shit it's great the gong bit i liked dan Aykroyd doing a ridiculous british the gong accent was, uh, was originally going to be in the first film Escaping from machine yes, the, the, I think you're going to. He's going to get quite this, quite a few things like they just transplanted including, ideas including, different ones. It's the same with like Jurassic well, the Jurassic Park films. Uh, the minecart race at the end of this it was originally meant to be the first film, but they didn't have the budget. Bat watch. The giant vampire bats were actually fruit bats. I, and I like fruit bats. Vampire bats are a lot smaller. I like all bats. Hmm. But these were giant vampire bats. These were fruit so. bats. Maybe the Wilhelm scream is... Giant, there are three Wilhelm screams in this. Uh, yep. A food cart in the club Obi-Wan crashes into an orchestra stand. Somebody gets shot during mm-hmm. a car chase and at the end somebody gets eaten by an alligator. Yes, I think that's that's the, the one that I noted. Yeah, the other two are kind of Henchman, like... Yeah. Not subtle. Yeah, but like it, it's it's the it's it's the one of the thuggies falling into the water and, and getting eaten. But uh, yeah, I, it's not my favorite of the three, by far. Like it, it, it's really not. But I have a real appreciation for Temple of Doom. I, I think it's both Lucas and Spielberg being in a dark definitely place definitely across. Definitely yeah, informs yeah. that because it because it, it is it is really quite mean spirited. But I think there's there's a lot of fun to be had. I think it is like I was reading uh, Film Crit mm. Hulk. And he talked about. Temple of Doom, and he has a whole article about in defense of Temple of Doom, and he talked about it like a fun house type thing where it has you know chills and thrills and different things popping up, and and I, I get that, and I think if you if you kind of vibe with that and you get that as a thing, then then it becomes quite fun. I will not judge anyone for being turned off by Temple of Doom because I mean it's so nasty. Didn't wasn't it one of the whole. 12 certificate well, type things I've got an, push a I've lot of rating got, well so in America this is why they bought in one one of the reasons they bought in the PG-13 rating which is one of the reasons Tarantino says it's his favourite because it meant that America had to introduce an entire new rating he said not even De Palma's done, done that so <laughs> I've got a book on the BBFC behind the scenes of the BBFC film classification from, from silver screen to the digital age and there's a case study on Temple of Doom and it's saying that when they showed it to the board in 1984, trying to get a PG category, all the stuff in the Temple of Doom, the BBFC wrote a letter to the United International Pictures saying that it's far too strong for PG, but they were reluctantly concluding because they said that, to quote, that boys of eight or nine upwards will be breaking down the doors of cinemas all over Britain if you stop them seeing the sequel to Raiders. Yeah. But this, but because then there wasn't a 12. So it was either PG or 15. Mm. So the BBFC made them cut, um, I think, about a minute or a minute and a half altogether to get it down from 15 to a PG. And that was to reduce the prolonged terror of the victim as he's loaded into the fiery vortex, uh, re- remove the sight of the bloody and pulsating heart in the priest's hand, reduce the amount of time you see Indy drinking human blood, a bit sort of being forced to drink it if you've not seen the film. And it's sort of saying about which side to look at it to make it less distressing. Uh Reduce the scenes of Willie being loaded into the flames to minimise her realistic screaming. Reduce the brutality of the fight between Indiana and Pat Roach. And reduce the sounds of all the impact blows. 
and reducing sort of the like sledgehammer blows and heavy punches and punches to Indiana's face, Re- removing short round Kihakuan being being whipped, reducing the amount of time Indy being whipped. So it got a PG because they did actually release all that to, to release it to PG in the cinemas. And then in... So in 1989, this was one of the reasons, uh, along with films like uh, Gremlins, as to why they needed another rating, like, a, like an interim rating. So the 12 was introduced in 1989, so it's five years later. And the 20, it's now been replaced by 12A for cinemas. But, and so up until 2012, you could only see Temple of Doom as a PG cut version. Uh, Paramount then, when it was released in the Blu-ray release, submitted the full-length version to, to the BBFC, and they classified it as a 12 without cuts. Yes. So we wouldn't have actually seen it uncut until 2012 at least. Well, it's it, it's certainly certainly disturbing uh, in in places, and uh, definitely the 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 thing that comes comes back to me is is that one victim where he gets his heart pulled out with the Kali Ma yeah. Kali Ma, and then him being lowered into the flames, and then the heart catching fire. Yeah. That's fucking nightmarish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I kind of love it. I kind of love it because it. I I hate the thuggies then, and I want Indiana Jones to do that. And the fact that Indy briefly becomes kind of like brainwashed by them, you know, by drinking mm. the the blood yeah, and everything. Yeah. I think that does make it scarier for kids because yes, you know, he, yeah, yeah, your you hero think, is now not yeah. exactly. You think you know the hero is always going to triumph, but then him. Him being like all brainwashed and and complicit with all this stuff, like it's it that's scary. And obviously, you're seeing it from Short Round's point of view. Mm. But I love the fact that Short Round actually comes into his own a lot. He's not a useless sidekick character. No, no. Uh, he he beats the shit out of that kid, uh, out of the Maharaja, because they've got this sort of Indian kind of things, but also a voodoo doll. Apparently, <laughs> you know, but that I think that's why I don't see it as like super racist or anything because it's clearly a complete corruption of. I'm not sure it's complete corruption. I think it's just bad research. I think it's quite stereotyping. It's quite. But yeah, it's, but that's uh, it, the thing. It, it, They're from pulp novels, though. Like I'm not saying it's a it's a direct adaptation or anything. Uh, but I think I think the fact that you know the Indian village is meant to be more representative of you know that sort of thing rather than Pankot Palace and and the Temple of Doom underneath. I don't know, I find the Indian village quite um it's it's a little patronizing. Well. It is mm. a little patronizing and whatever, but then I don't know. I look, as as a straight white male, obviously I am the moral arbiter on what's racist and what isn't. Yes. And I deem this not racist. Bang bang get out of my courtroom. I de- I deem it quite racist. Yeah, well I've already banged the gavel, so so what are you going to do about it? Get the podcast cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't. I, I, whether that's I don't have the uh, nostalgia to it. I don't uh, really. I, just... I I watched it. So I, it's it's less of a fun watch than hmm. Raiders or Last Crusade for sure. I, I think that that was another thing for me as well. It isn't fun at no point, apart from when he's run. Well, the, when he's running behind the gong, that's the fun bit for me. The minecart bit. No. Nah. What's wrong with the minecart bit? The minecart bit is fun. I think it's just the the rest of the film by that point it sort of ground me down. Yeah, and talking of being ground down, Pat Roach gets fucking crushed by uh, mm. the rock crusher, which I think is a cool. That was another death. thing they wanted to cut. 
was the, uh, the the sort of the prolonged blood on it as well. Yeah, all, all the fun bits. The BBFC definitely used to be a, a fucking absolute committee of killjoys. Yeah, but it, it was to get it a PG rating. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah, the yeah. studio would have wanted a PG rating. Yeah. Do they have a whole thing about when they got all all sort of weird about headbutts? In the in the book, yeah, there is, yeah, yeah. and and nunchucks as well. It's an interesting book. And nunchucks, yeah, obviously they, yes, they did have that. That's why my boy Michelangelo got fucking nerfed in the turtles. Yeah, and at one point they wanted to edit out him using sausages as nunchucks, which is ludicrous. I mean, I think at that point that was when they said we have to lift the ban. Yeah, I think I remember being a bit horrified by Temple of Doom as a kid, hmm. but then it has a bunch of kid stuff in it, like. Kids Slavery like seeing other kids, yeah. but the kids like seeing other kids, and at least it's it's triumphant at the end when all the kids are released and they go back to the village and everything's great. You know, it's I I like it, but I can I hmm. can fully understand people a not liking it and b finding it incredibly racist. I just I think I think the the racism aspect to it is just undercooked scripting. A lot of the time, and it is yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah, relying yeah. on stereotypes and mm. and bullshit like that. And then when you take that into account with how the mainstream didn't try for any cultural accuracy ever, you know, and and obviously this was a very very widely seen film. This is a you know it's an Indiana Jones movie. Mm. People coming away with the wrong impression of certain things is a problem. Yes, you know. So I I get that as like part of the sort of cultural sort of failing of mainstream cinema and everything, but I think in general I don't think the film is malicious. I just think it's it's a it's it's a little bit undercooked, much like the Snake Surprise. Nice. Should we move on to the Last Crusade? Let's do it. So Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, released in nineteen eighty nine, I think nineteen eighty nine. Directed by Steven Spielberg, story by George Lucas and Mena Meyers, starring Harrison Ford, Denham Elliott, Alison Doody, John Rhys Davis, Julian Glover, and Sean Connery. In 1938, after his father goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, Indiana Jones finds himself up against the Nazis again to stop them from obtaining its powers. Obviously, the opening of this, which is a flashback with River Phoenix as a young Indiana Jones, Who is a better people like than Temple of Doom. Yeah. And looks like him as well. And apparently he Harrison Ford like, properly chose him. Yes, he does, because they, they were together and stuff. He, I also thought, I think his haircut made him look like a 90s Leo. Leo a little Caprio. bit, yeah. I, I love the fact that just, just in this one thing, and the opening is great. There's no yeah. denying that. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's fucking fantastic. But I love the fact that he gets pretty much all his hallmarks just from this one event. I, I, I thought of that, and I thought, and that was my. I really enjoy it, but that was my problem with the solo film, the, the Star Wars solo. <laughs> yeah. Film. But so, oh yeah, when, so you're fine for Indy, but not for Han Solo. Yeah, no, thought, yes. but, but like he's he's got the chin scar, which is cool that they added that in. Do you know what it was? Harrison Ford got in a car crash, I think. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, yes, the chin scar, the whip, the usage of the whip, the fear of yeah. snakes, the hat. Well, well, I like that it starts from him not being bothered by snakes yes. to then falling into all the snakes. Well, that's they, why I became they, scared. They happen upon the, 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 the train, the circus of rubber animals, where... I love the giraffes. <laughs> the, the giraffe 
the giraffe carriage was was my favourite carriage of all them. When it just when it's they're running on the roof, and you just got these two giraffe heads sticking out. Yeah. just stuck still yeah just sort of like slightly wobbling from side to side i've loved that well yeah and i love i love the rubber snake when uh, that makes him fall into the the a bunch of smaller snakes and you can see how that would give you a phobic effect after oh yeah, yeah. after that sort of thing but then you got the rubber rhino as well that's sort of piercing the horn through the with the incredibly sharp horn well i don't think it's about i don't think it's about sharpness i think it's about force if you put enough force you can penetrate anything I'm just going to leave that hang for a minute. I was just thinking about you exploring Pat Roach's scrapyard. <laughs> yeah, I this, this whole opening sequence is brilliant. I love it. It, it feels like a little movie of itself. It, it does. It, it, and, it a does. nice pulpy movie. I like that he stole his look from a bad guy. Yeah, well, apparently, earlier scripts, that was going to be Abner Ravenwood. Yes. yes. Fedora, who's he's just named. But hmm. also... One of the all-time things, it's a very simple thing, but him placing the hat on young Indy's head yes, and then the brim and then the swelling of the music and then Indy just gets a moment with a with a smug kind of like self-satisfied smile before getting well, punched river, in the face. River looks down. It, it, it's, river looks down to, so the brim obscures his face yeah. as he looks down and then looks and up then and, up and it's Harrison Ford. It's, it's a great cut. It is. And then you get the, the sort of the swell of the music and then yeah, just a bit. You can see that he's got like a bloodied lip and everything, but he he kind of like smiles and then gets punched in the face again. That's Indiana Jones. Mm. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the that's that character in in a fucking nutshell. It is so good. It is so so good. I love it. One thing I do like about the series, just just quick thing we not mentioned, is the travel montages where you see the line of the plane traveling around the globe and just sort of yeah. like various things. The background. It's just a simple thing, but I like it. I th- I this this film has actually a feeling of travel time yes there's there's a lot of him sleeping on planes and and things like that it does feel like it takes a long time to get places i wonder uh, this might be the most traveling of the films i think i think you may go to most places here probably yeah i think so i also think it has the most uh, sort of puzzle solving element of the yeah film. yeah which i love so he's doing yeah he's doing actual sort of not archaeology, but actual sort of detecting and history and research and stuff. I always like the X marks a spot bit in the library where mm. he's stamping with a thing in time to the, like, you know, breaking apart the, the stone floor with a metal pole in time to the library and stamping the books. How he timed that, I don't know. But I've always <laughs> it, liked that. Bit. It doesn't matter. It's funny. <laughs> and it's, yeah, they definitely kind of go lighter in tone for sort of, there's more humour in Last Crusade, definitely than yes. Temple of Doom. Yes. Spielberg said it was almost him making up for Temple of Doom. Yeah, and and it it really works. There are there are so many kind of great little gags, and involving fireplace. Marcus being an idiot who got well, lost in his own museum. Sean Connery is so fucking good in this film. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and I love the fact it. You know, when when you've got young Indiana kind of like running back with the cross of Coronado and, you know, and you get the whole it belongs in a museum thing. And then, you know, he's his dad is working on his grail thing and he says, you know, count to 10, is it? But then in Greek, in Greek yes. <laughs> like that's that's such a brilliant little character touch. And and you can see how it would be hard to have. Henry Jones Sr. as uh, as a dad in a lot of ways, because he is more distracted by his work and, you know, knowledge of the classics and things like that. 
yeah, the actual, you know, it becoming like personal and, and in the having to go find his dad. And I like him escaping from the college as well, or the university, you know, like there were tons of students outside his, his office and everything, just wanting, you know, their papers to be marked and whatever. And Indy just goes, oh, fuck this, and puts his hat on and escapes out the window. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he says fuck this, but th- he might. He do. says it with his eyes. Yeah, exactly. I quite like Walter Donovan as a bad guy as well. I mean, it's clear that he's up to something. Like, you you know, Julian Glover gives bad guy vibes straight away, but he's great. I like them assuming that Dr. Snyder is a man, and then it's... Yeah. Then it's Alison Doody. Yeah, and then, yeah, the puzzle solving, the, the finding things and having the diary and and kind of going through it. I mean, shit, the Uncharted games are all about that, going into Nate's diary to then figure out the next puzzle. It's such a good way of doing things, like that most of the work has been done, but you still need to figure out the uh, the whole thing. Yeah, I I love this film too. It's It's a lot of people, you know, for Greatest Indiana Jones movie, it's between... Raiders and this one and I can see why because they do offer slightly different things this is definitely more family friendly it has some horrific moments but Sean Connery being there there and their double act just works so so well it wasn't there wasn't actually that much difference in age between them was there no, like 12 years. years or something yeah 12 12 years <laughs> but then Sean Connery and I like the fact that you know Sean Connery is basically playing against type He's he's not punching people in the face. He's 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 a nerd. He's a professor. I like that he's horrified. You know, when he sees uh, Indy kill a load of Nazis, yeah. he says, "What did you? I can't believe you did that. What did you do?" And throughout, like when <laughs> the, what the pleased, motorcycle chase, the motorcycle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When he's I mean, pleased when he sort of again kills the Nazis, <laughs> and it's just a look of horror <laughs> on his on Sean Connery's face and disapproval. It's so yeah. great because it, it shuts him down and Harrison Ford plays it so fucking well as well. Mm. Like just the, 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 the smirk and the laughing just gets replaced by just a chastened face like, oh, yeah. And I like the fact that, you know, Henry Jones Sr. had no idea about Indy's sort of escapades and him being sort of like introduced to that world and it's a baptism of fire. You know, I love it. Can you guess my favourite line in this film? Uh, is it a thing about she she talks in her sleep? No, but that is okay. fucking fantastic. You know the story behind uh, that, yeah? No. Apparently, Connery ad-lib. Oh, really? But not the first take. Okay. Because the first take, everyone fell about laughing. Because it's a great gag. Yeah. How do you know she was a Nazi? She talks in her sleep. Yes. Yeah. So good. Oh, is it the no ticket bit? Is that your favourite No, I do love that bit as well, though. Again, I think of the sort of comedy in this, and, and the no ticket thing is is so well done. Yeah, and just everyone else pulling out the tickets. I, I love that. <laughs> no ticket. <laughs> is is your favourite bit when Adolf Hitler signs the diary? See, that's great, and you're calling me a Nazi again, which is, you know, good. No, I said favourite line, though, not bit where Hitler shows up. Okay. So... I do like that bit though. <laughs> no, it's it's the bit where you got General Vogel in the tank and he's slapping Henry Jones, and, uh, and he's asking about stuff and uh, and Jones says, "Goose-stepping morons like yourself should try reading books instead of burning them." Yes. Yes. Oh, so good, so good. 
such a brilliant encapsulation of that character, such a brilliant encapsulation of both Joneses and the whole, you know, Nazi thing and book burning and shit. It's fucking fantastic. I I like I like the sort of feeling that this one has. I I like the the, the sort of the globe trotting, as you said. There is definitely more of it in this one. Hmm. Um, but even you know then they're in Berlin just to get the diary, but you still get an elaborate bit where it's like a huge fucking parade and book burning and the Hitler's there. Ronald Lacey is there as well. He was Himmler in the background, yeah. Yes. I I didn't I mean I No, I didn't know until I no, read about I, that. Yeah, until until the, I the, up. the guy playing Hitler was his one of his best friends apparently. One of Hitler's best friends. One of Ronald Lacey's best friends. <laughs> Well, if you can't get the man himself, get his best friend. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a dictator, I could be hired to play you in the film. Yeah, that's, that's definitely right. There are two standout sequences. Obviously, the motorbike sequence is so well done. And again, the sidecar and everything and all that leads to. I love, I do like the dogfight, though, uh, with Henry shooting their own plane. He's like, son, they, they got yes, us. They got us. <laughs> But then him using the 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 gulls as, as for the bird strike mm. thing, yeah, you know, and then him smugly sort of like just sauntering across the beach with his umbrella up, it's so good. Some of those are pigeons. No, sorry, they're all pigeons. They're either pigeons or cutouts of seagulls, <laughs> because seagulls can't be trained. Yeah, figures. But uh, but yeah, the, and then the tank sequence, that extended sequence one of the best action sequences i think kind of full stop really because i like the i like the fact that it's got so many moving parts like different you know nazi goons jumping on the tank then henry ends up you know he's originally going to rescue uh marcus is it marcus brody yeah it's yeah, yeah it's, it's brody yeah and then and then obviously then he gets trapped in the tank as well and but he, he uses the pen and you know, Brody can't wait for the pen is mightier than the sword type thing. The, the way it builds and builds and builds is so, so good. It's a perfectly paced, like, action sequence. And I just love the, the constant danger of the tracks, you know, like, pulling people along and then mm. people getting, obviously, crushed by the tank underneath. It's so good. It's so I like good. The, I like the end of that sequence where they think Indy's gone over the cliff. Yeah. So you've got Marcus, <laughs> Salah and uh, Henry looking over as being sad and sort of saying, you know, I can't believe he's gone. And then Indy climbs up from the other side and joins them. He's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the kind of way he peers and shows what Yeah, what just saying. confused and kind of just like, is there really something down there? I also like the, uh, I, w- w- when he rescues Henry and when Indy rescues Henry and he hits him with the Ming vase because he thinks he's a, he, he thinks Indy's a Nazi. Mm. And he goes, oh, I've never done that. If I'd known, he thinks he's talking about if I'd known it was you, but it's if I'd known it was a Ming vase. Yeah. And then, oh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm okay, Dad. Oh, that's excellent news. It was a fake. Yeah, I know. I know. It, yeah, there are so many there are so many great bits like that. But yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a rehash of Raiders in a way. But I find this one much more adventurous than Raiders. I like Raiders. Raiders is very good. It yeah. is, for me, it is it is pretty much neck and neck. This one slightly edges it because it's more adventurous. I think. Mm. I I can see that. And there's there's more stuff going on in mm. this one. 
And there's more, as you say, more knowledge, more sort of using history, using a diary. It's a, it's a longer film as well. Raiders is, Raiders is the shortest one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... it's I, I There are so many, so many kind of, you know, action bits I love, character bits I love. I I love the whole sequence at the end with the with the sort of again knowledge saving you the you know the penitent man the penitent yes, man penitent man penitent man yeah and and all that and again like you know a a knowledge of the written word of Jehovah being spelled with but an I Latin, yeah yeah although with that what was holding up the correct letters because if all the bad letters you stepped on would crumble into a pit what was holding up the good letters when they're in the middle of that sequence? well. Not much, I guess. I'm I'm guessing that look, they clearly they had some kind of technology so they could make a a, a walkway appear like it's not there. They, yeah. they, they, the power of God or some shit. Now, what I mean, what actually happened was originally when he stood on the J for Jehovah, uh, tarantulas were going to be released and crawl up his leg, but then they decided to film a separate sequence with the stump and falling through a gap, which is why it's cut like that. Oh, it's a. I think it's a bit more effective with the gap underneath. Oh yeah, yeah. Know? No, I agree. Yeah, okay. def, 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 definitely better than the tarantulas. And then the uh, he he reaches the Holy Grail, and there's one of the Knights Templar. Yeah, who's over seven hundred years old. Very old. Yeah, they wanted Lawrence Olivier to play him, but he was too ill. Mm, that is a shame. That would have been cool. But mm. who's the actor who plays the knight? I don't know. I don't think it's any no i don't think it's anyone super famous but he's awesome because again he has that sort of he's he's got that gravitas and mm. i i like the fact that he he does seem kind of just like at peace with everything like he's too weak yes. to actually yes. fight so he's just like you know you've bested me <laughs> and all that and then obviously the the whole payoff to that with the knowing jesus and knowing you know a carpenter's cup and obviously donovan just seeing a nice gold that you know that's the Cup of the King of Kings. Well, that was the, the Lady Nazi. What was her name? Elsa Snyder. Elsa. Yeah. So yeah. yes. Yeah, that was um, her doing it. But then Donovan yeah. goes like, "Oh yeah, that that makes sense." <laughs> you know, he chose poorly, but he turns into Christopher Lloyd for a bit. Robert Edison. Oh, great first name was the Grail Knight. <laughs> okay. Yes, I wrote down Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yes, when it makes him age, he does. Yes. Great Scott. <laughs> Poor Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, if by some insane chance that you're listening to this, we're sorry, but I love you, and I love Back to the Future. Sorry about that. Good in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as well. Uh, and nobody. Props. So, I often think for sort of strong endings and everything like that, I like the fact that, you know, obviously Henry has to go through that whole thing of, like, being a bit more like he's glad he's got his son because he thought he'd lost him when he plummeted over the cliff in the tank. And and then that whole bit with the grail, obviously uh, Snyder doesn't know about taking the grail past the seal. The whole thing starts to collapse. The grail gets on a ledge down the huge fucking chasm and she reaches for it and then obviously falls to her death. And then Indy's in the same position, and I like the fact that he the him just dialogue. saying, yeah, just saying Indiana is the yes, thing. Yes, yes. Oh, that's that, the thing. It's national outfit. Yes, sorry. Yeah. So so good. But what I liked about that from 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 Indy's point of view was that um, when else when he's holding on to Elsa and he's like, you know, give me a hand, and she's like, I can just get it. I can just get it. And he's like, No, Elsa, let it go. Um, oh, 
ah, thanks. And then actually Henry does say that to him. So I did write that in my notes. Elsa should have let it go. Ha ha ha. And then. <laughs> did you actually, actually write the ha ha ha? No. Okay. Um, but uh, sorry, in all seriousness. So that she is trying to get the grail rather than hold on to Indy and she falls to her death. And then when Indy slips and Henry grabs him, he's doing the same thing as Elsa yeah. was and, and says the same, you know, I can just reach because, you. Because he's just assuming, because he's, he's yes. you know, he, yeah. he's he's fallible and he's yeah. just like, I can reach it, I can just reach it. And yeah, the yeah. whole Indiana that gets yes. his attention yes. and that, breaks him out yeah, of it is so good. Because up until then, it's been junior for the whole film, yeah, hasn't it? Junior. What? Yeah, junior. I mean, if you were that night, you'd be a little bit cross, wouldn't you? You've been guarding it for 700 years. You hand it over to some American and then he just loses it straight away. I don't think the knight gives a fuck at that point. I think he's well past caring. He's been yeah. stuck He's been stuck in that in that one room for over 700 years. That, that chain mail must smell. Yeah, everything must smell. So, no, I don't think the knight cares. The knight has been freed of his... His thing. I think he's fine with it. I think he dies in the building collapse, though. I think he, yeah, maybe, but yeah. And then finally, once they get out of there, you get the reveal that why do you call him Junior? And what? And why is he called Indiana, Rob? Because he's named after a dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> I loved when John Reese Davis laughs. It's so good. <laughs> but in Indiana, the the. Was actually named after I think George Lucas's dog. Yes. Yeah, and also the dog inspired Chewbacca as well. That's that's a that dog has given a lot to pop culture. Hmm. But yeah, and Laskin Malamute I think is the the dog that Indiana was. So yeah, it's it's it, you know it's a cool sounding name. You can see you can see why he adopted it. But uh, yeah, Indiana Jones and again just them riding off into the sunset with and the music. So good. And that's where it ends, and they made no hmm. others. I wouldn't have been sorry if that had is how it ends, because you know. Well, no. The Holy Grail is the Holy Grail of artifacts, I guess. Question for you: Are they are Indiana's down immortal now, or does it not? I always wondered that. I think I think I think they had to stay in the room because yeah. he says that, doesn't he? That it, I mean, it cured because India had a few cuts in his face to get cured as well. It, it it cured the the bullet wound. Yeah, but. He said that it wasn't the trade-off, but the, the sort of price for eternal life is that he had to stay within that palace. Mm. Alexi Sale is in this. I saw his name in the. He is the credits. You know when he he the Nazis are trying to pay a it's like it's like a a, a, a a prince with gold and oh, he doesn't yeah, want yeah, it. He yeah. lost the car. That's Alexi Sale. What? He's the guy who likes the the, the Rolls Royce. The and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He even likes the color. Yeah. N- nice. Yeah. Did not put that together. I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, I know that name, but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't spot him. That's great. So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to me that you really, really don't. If if you had to give star ratings now, just yeah. just uh, what what would you give each one? Thinking about it, and I, I do often find that with, with with this is that I sort of have an opinion of a film, and then when I'm talking to you about it, I do kind of change on my particular ordering of stuff. I would I would give Raiders and Last Crusade five stars mm. because I, I, I yeah the the, the but Raiders is excellent for me. As I say, the Last Crusade edges it. I find it a much more fun film. It's a funnier film. I like I, the. I respect that. 
I find it more adventurous. I think the music is better as well. I think that 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 last indie theme as they ride off into the sunset for me that's that's the best use of it. Whether I, whether it was recorded, I think John I Williams. Know. Other than the Indiana Jones theme, some of the uh, is it light motifs the the mm. sort of things that come back. Um, I quite like the playful one from Last Crusade. That's like oh god, it's gonna sound so shit. It's like it plays during the sort of young Indiana Jones bit, and and occasionally, occasionally throughout, and it's it's again, it's a more playful kind of deal. Fucking hell, the audio capture looks so mental when I did that bit. Yeah, that Last Crusade does does edge for me. Temple of Doom, I certainly wouldn't give it. I'd probably give it two, to be honest. See, I think I think it gets like a four from me. It's a generous four, but it's a four. I think three and a half Temp- probably. You know, if, if we're yeah, 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 because it has so many good indie things in it. I, I think it does. I don't think I, there's any. Good I think indie I indie. think you know. I think the sort of you know nice try Lao Che, and then closing the door and Lao Che's name is yes, on the thing. Yes, okay, that that. that. Yeah, I like that bit, and I like the gong, but I didn't like much else. Yeah, um, but it's a good thing we're talking about me now, isn't it? So yeah, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, I it, there are there are things. It's certainly it's it's definitely the weakest of the three. There's no question about that. There are still so many good bits in it that it, it it's not worthy of just all being tarred with the same brush. However, I can absolutely understand people a not liking it, b being actually fucking horrified by it, and c finding it racist as hell because it is all those things, and yet I still yeah. love it. But I don't love it as hard as I love Raiders and Last Crusade. I think Raiders edges it for me. If I had to, if if we're, we're tossing it up now, I think Raiders mm. is still the superior one. But Last Crusade is very, very close behind. So that will put if we were to tot up now. We'll, we'll obviously we'll wait till after we've done four and five. So, joint first would be Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones Last Crusade, and yeah. then second would be Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting where these these other two shake out. It is, it is. Yeah, that, I've that, not seen Crystal Skull for a while, and I've only watched half of Dial of Destiny. Yeah, well, you have to watch the whole thing, unfortunately, dude. Oh yeah. Um. So yes. So that is it for part one. Uh. Hope you had a whip cracking good time. Nice. Uh, can't think of a way to end this. This podcast belongs in a museum. Nice. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram or threads at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. Thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Longcat Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it would be great if you could rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. It's not the years, honey, it's the pottage. Nice. Thanks, man.